Welcome to Be Insanely Great. Being insanely great. Being insanely great. <laughs> These moments are, are, are so important. And we're always so focused on the next one. We're always so focused on what's ahead. We define success as a destination. Oh, when we get there, what, we just sit in our pile of money or whatever it is that we define success as? Success is a journey. Success is right now in this present moment. Can we be present? Can we be engaged? Can we be connected with our energy? Can we utilize our energy? Can we have a relationship with our inner intuition? Einstein says the most valuable thing, the most valuable thing, intuition. Most valuable thing is intuition. I feel, and I've said this in a previous episode, intuition, the energy that's within, that beats our hearts, that moves our fingers, that gives us awareness, that flows our thoughts. If we think of it as a, as a, as a musical instrument, that we can learn how to play it, that, that, or a language, that we can learn how to speak it. Right. But if we don't give it any attention, if we don't give it any energy, if we don't give it the energy to connect with it, it doesn't happen. We're focused on everything outside of us, everything, anything that's matter. Right. And that could be our own bodies. That could be our appearances. That could be anything like that. But if we're focusing on what's in, what's within, when we, when we, when we look inward, we, we, we begin to worry less worry so much less about everything outside, appearances, thoughts of others, anything, right? We do. I mean, I, that's at least my experience. And it's incredible. It's incredible to be able to start appreciating super simple, small things like a flower or a bird or an insect, right? Or a beautiful piece of art, you know, it's, and, and it's also once you start to develop this a feeling with, with what your intuition is, is you start to feel things differently. You start to feel the energy of, of, of situations. You start to feel the energy of people. You start to feel things happening before they happen. And then things start happening faster, the things that you think, the things that you feel. And it's gaining momentum. And it's gaining momentum. And then realizing that, you know, Things are going great. You know, let's celebrate this. Let's enjoy this. Let's enjoy this. Let's remember this moment. Let's remember this. Let's use this moment as a seed. I've talked about previously in other episodes. How many seeds are we planting for the future? If all potentials exist in the present moment, Einstein says time is essentially an incredibly stubborn illusion. He also says time exists only so everything doesn't happen all at once, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So we actually have a present moment, but he says it's a persistently stubborn illusion. And if all that matters is the present moment, how do we find opportunities to be present more often, right? How do we do that? Let, and, then, and then challenging ourselves to think about things, to try and understand things, to try and really have an awareness to what we're putting our energy to, is where our energy is flowing and where we're giving our energy. What if we stopped that and claimed it? Claimed our energy, claimed our energy, and then only allow that energy to flow into things that, that we have thought about that we actually want in our lives. We stop thinking about the obstacles. When we do that, this is what happens. We stop thinking about the obstacles. In a previous show, I gave the example 
the skiers that flow down the mountain, that ski down the mountain at ridiculous speeds between the trees and all this stuff. They're looking at the trees. Boom. It hit the tree. We don't want to hit the tree. We want to flow down the path and get to the finish line. Right? And when we think about obstacles and we think about failure, we have an intention on, on something that what it is that we want to do. And then something blows up and we think it's this big failure. We think that we're a failure. People say that we're a failure. What if we reframe the word failure? Failure is such a terminal, such a terminal word in the, in how it's been, how it's been constructed within our society. They're not failures. They're obstacles. They're not failures that are terminal, that this is absolute, this is happening now. Only if we choose to believe that and accept that as truth, is that what actually manifests and what actually happens. But if we're so intent on what we want and a failure comes along and we treat that as the universe saying, here's a challenge for you to overcome. And we looked at it like that and say, all right, not what I wanted, not what I want to be dealing with today or ever. (laughs) But how do I how do I look at this in a way that's constructive? How do I how do I remove the emotion out of it, which is easy to say, but so hard to do in so many instances? I get it totally. I experienced very the same thing recently, and it's and it takes persistence, it takes willpower, it takes determination, and it takes an awareness to realize that we have the potential to choose. We have the potential to choose in every present moment where our focus goes and where our attention goes and where our energy flows. It's all the same stuff. It's all energy. All that is, is energy. The world is a, is a field. The, the universe is a field of energy. All that is matter is physical, but it's all fundamentally supported by energy and the mechanic. And that's, that's absolutely verified in the mechanics of quantum physics. Well, this is our world and our world is, is everybody's in their own world. We are all in our own world and are all in our own thoughts and feelings. If we're honest and we look at it that way, of course, we're in a world of 8 billion people. And of course, there's, there's everybody's in their own world and it's prudent and it's generous and it's selfless and it's loving to have care for others and to make choices. And for the benefit of others, absolutely, 1,000%. What if first we, we looked at our own? It's not selfish. Truly, it's not. They tell you on the plane, put on your own oxygen mask before helping somebody else. Same thing. Same thing. And then in every present moment, what seeds are we planting for our future? If what we're putting our attention on is, 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 is potentially a seed in this present moment that's planting a seed for our future... Is, is that what we want in our future? Is that something we want to be remembering? We say, oh, remember when we did this? Remember when we did that? If this is a moment in which we're not able to say that and, and not able to see ourselves, you know, a few days, a few weeks, a few months, a few years, a decade, decades into the future, looking back and say, oh, remember when we did this? If it's not something that we want to be saying in the future, then maybe we need to change our awareness. Maybe we need to think about things differently. Maybe we should think about the thoughts that we're having and the feelings that we're having now and where we're choosing to have our awareness and where we're choosing to put our attention and to give our energy to. It's like, can we, can we say, look at this moment and, and, and look at the, and, and take a snapshot of the ticket, you know, take a snapshot of this moment in time and say, remember when 
this person saw me and I was this and I, and, and, and I, and I know, I know for a fact that this is, that they're going to remember this and say, man, remember when this, this person was just that, or this person just did that. And now they're this, right? Those are still, that's one of the most powerful things that we can do to plant seeds, to remember for the future where we're taking a mark and saying, remember when, remember when we were, you know, just here playing video games or whatever, you know, a fun time with friends. Right. And, and now we're, now we're doing this or that or whatever. And it, and it doesn't need to be that it needs, it can be, it can be a, a moment of failure. It can be a moment of struggle. You know, remember when this terrible thing happened and you know what, in that moment, it sucked. It sucked. It was the worst. It was the worst, but you know what? Yeah. I remember when that was that moment and that was such a defining moment for me to define and for, and for, and for it to become so much clearer for me to then take action and, and make choices going forward to then work towards something that, that like, this is how I thought I wanted it to happen. This is when I knew I wanted it to happen. But if I, but, but you know what, when I let go of those requirements of, of, of determining the how and the when, and I just focused on the what, wow, whoa, magic, magic, absolute magic. Anton, my colleague, incredible. He has such a, such an incredible way to, to speak about circumstances. And he says, you can either own the process or you can own the outcome. So let us own the outcome of what we want. What does that mean? Own the outcome. That means that, that what it is exactly that we want, what it is exactly that we, that we know definitively that we want, how we want it, how we operate, who we are in those present moments in which that, that thing that we want has happened. And we are making choices where we're being, we have to be that. And we have to, we have to feel that with joy, with joy. That's how it happens fastest. That's how it happens fastest. When we think about things and we have the feeling of, of exuberant joy, of this is what I want. This is what I want, right? That's how the universe works. And then the process, universe owns that. The universe owns the process. Let the universe own the process. And you own the outcome. But when you own the outcome and we own the outcome, it still means we need to be making choices in our present moments as to what we put our attention on and what we put our energy towards and what we give our energy to. And realizing that that's a reserve of our energy, that that's ours, that when we give it away, it gets depleted, gets depleted, it gets tired, we get exhausted, we have, we're like, ugh. It's the worst, but you know what? If you claim it and, you, and we're conscious of where we give it, we have more of it. It's almost endless. I can tell you it gets to that point. And, and if we're honest, when we're in present moment and we're fully in the flux of, of positive relativity, of the positive side of relativity in which we think, don't think about time and we're only focused on it's, it's, it's like we're not, we don't even know what we're focused on. We're just engaged our energy. We're connected with our energy and we're connected with the energy around us. We're, it's like, we're not even, we're just present when we do that. And we have the occasion to start doing that consciously and we start doing that more frequently. The energy just continues to build the momentum. 
you know, in the previous episode, I talked about a, you know, quesadilla that I thought is that I, that I know is amazing. And I, and I thought about it exactly what I want. And then I felt it and I, and it kept getting better and better and better. You know what happened recently? I did that. Didn't work. Didn't work. What's going on here? My formula. What? I just told all these people this <laughs> didn't work. And you know what I, you know what I believe strongly in my heart is that I was so, I became so obsessed with something in the future. I became so obsessed with something that, that I wanted to manifest instead of being present, right? It's almost like the universe saying, okay, yes, that's, that's absolutely a formula, but, but that's a stepping stone. That's a stepping stone for a realization to say, oh my God, that works. What? Yes, it's amazing. But here's the next level. Here's what you can do next. You can do next by getting more in the present moment and, 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 and not allowing that to be something of an outer, of an outer thing. That's something that we get so focused on and allowing ourselves to be in the energy and the field and then, and then to start communicating with feeling. I can't tell you how many times I mean, we just had it here. We're recording where I didn't put on mindfulness mode because I, I just didn't. And it didn't happen for a reason because I needed to get this communication that was urgent from my colleague, you know? And so it's an evolution. It's like once we start to realize that how we think and how we feel determines our reality and determines what exists and what comes into our flow and what comes into our, into our awareness, into our physical space, into our, into our world of our thoughts and our feelings. Once we start to become aware of that, it's, 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 you know, okay, you know, you can, you can, you can do certain things or certain things you can do and the thoughts and the feelings create your reality. But then how do we just get more present? How do we just be more present in the moment and be engaged with, with nature, with, with, with other people, with the activities that we're doing and the intention and the care that we're, we should be always putting into whatever it is that we're doing. As my grandma says, whatever you're doing, give it your best. Give it your best. Are we giving everything our best? And if there's things that we're not giving our best, they're probably things we don't want to be doing. And so all these people that are famous, certainly there were some that I want to be, they want to be famous and this, that, and the other. But I'm sure I'm very confident for if, if we ask them and, and, and they're genuine, most of it, they just wanted to do what they love. And because they did what they wanted to do that they love and they made choices to do that, it became celebrated. It became celebrated because all of a sudden people are looking at them for just being themselves, yet, yet they expressed because they wanted, they were just themselves. They expressed that and that expression became, continued to build and gain momentum and gain momentum and gain momentum and continue to build in a way in which all of a sudden, whether it's an athlete, whether it's an artist, whether it's a public figure, whether it's you know a teacher, whether it's someone in our lives that we love, it's like their connection with their own in intuition, which Einstein says is, has, is the most valuable thing. The connection with their intuition became the, the expression beyond anything that our eyes have seen. And so we, in, we, we naturally are like, wow, that's incredible. And why do we have that feeling? Because that's what's inside. That's our, in that's our, that's our intuition saying, look at that. Get excited about that. Get excited about that potential. And then what do we do most frequently? We get excited about it and we move on to the next thing and we forget. I did it. <laughs> I still do it. But can we have the awareness? 
Can we have the, the awareness of Steph Curry or Bryce Young in our own lives? Yes, we can if we so choose. But we need to make choices. We need to start thinking, oh, what's my awareness? I haven't really thought about that. What am I thinking about? What am I putting my attention towards? What am I spending my time doing? Which time, as I've said before, is, is if we can look at it as simply a record of when things happen. And as Einstein says, it's so everything doesn't happen at once. Can we look at it as, as focusing in the present moment and not allowing time to be something that runs our lives, but allowing it to be a marker for when? And of course, there's meetings and dates and it's good and has value for those things. Absolutely. That will likely always be something of a construct that exists to, to, to bring consistency to groups of people and the energies of those people, right? Absolutely. But in more present moments, be able to get in the good flux of relativity and be present and be engaged with something, whether it be nature or, or people or the energy, just the energy and feeling the energy, feeling the feelings, building that relationship with our intuition to where ultimately you say, self, Emerald, I love you, man. Thank you, Emerald for being such an incredible inspiration in my life growing up and loving cooking. Your energy on Emerald Live, what? You love cooking. You love being with an audience. And I loved your essence of Emerald, but you know what? The ener Your energy on Emerald Live, bam, <laughs> right? Bam. <laughs> that energy, right? And, and the energy, everybody felt it. Everybody felt it. But what I love you say, you would always say self. And I can't remember, it might have been, am I seasoning this enough or does this taste good, right? But what if we do that and say, self, what am I thinking about now? What's my awareness now? Have I thought about that? Have I given myself a chance to think about what it is that I want in my life? And it doesn't need to be this grandiose thing. Let ourselves, give ourselves the potential to let it blossom into something that's bigger and give ourselves a chance to say, okay, I might want this big, 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 big thing. And that's okay. It's, it's, yeah, you, you do that. You set that dream. But let's build some steps. Let's say, okay, what's one thing that's like that that we can start doing? What's one thing that's like that that we can start making choices to, that we can start, that we can start participating in, having activity with, that would contribute to that? It's so valuable. So valuable if we can say to ourselves, self, as Emerald says, thank you, Emerald. Amazing. Self. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Have we thought about that lately? If not, that's fine. If so, amazing. How can we build the momentum on towards what we want? How can we continue to make choices that are going to benefit us and, and give us positive, good moments? Right? Can we do that? Please, can we do that? Absolutely incredible to be able to give ourselves the opportunity to build an awareness even if we don't have one today, even if we have one that we think is amazing, it can continue to evolve. It can continue to develop. I was trying to put develop and evolve in one word, and that's, that's, how, that's what came out. But I just split it as I continued to speak it. <laughs> I was trying to get a incredibly direct. <laughs> as Einstein says, leave, when, when, when speaking of the truth, leave elegance to the tailor, right? So, like, like, not trying to be elegant, trying to be direct. Although moments of elegance do help us connect with things, help us connect with, 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 with examples of, of truth, help us connect with 
with beauty. Help us connect with all the perfection that exists in our world and in nature, right? And allowing and giving ourselves credit, giving ourselves credit, giving ourselves credit for where we are and where we've, where we've, where we've come and then realizing that we're on a path that we want to be on. We're on a journey and being in the present moment. Our worries and our fears and our doubts become, stop bubbling up less. They do. They start bubbling up less when we're present. Ah, the interweaving of all of these things and all of these moments and all of these concepts, it's so natural. And I'm so grateful for that because everything is connected. Every moment is connected. Every element is connected. And so we jump from this to that, to this, to that, to this, to that. But that's our life. That's, that's our universe. That's what it is. It's all connected. It's all happening in the present moment, right? Whether it's past, present, or future. And so it's just interesting how these things kind of flow and this, that, and the other. But yeah, I thought it's been a, a little bit of magic. And I appreciate that as, as, I, um, as I watch the uh, Abbey Road documentary. Thank you, Mary McCartney. Thank you so much, Mary McCartney, for that incredible film of Abbey Road and the stories that you shared, helped help many incredible artists share, talking about magic, right? There, were, there, was a, there was a scene in which George Martin was, was recording with, I think it was a classical group or something, and there was an entire symphony orchestra there. He was trying to get... He, he, he had them do it 10 times and it was, it was a very tiring exercise. And then after the 10th time, one of the guys says, what are you looking for, man? And he's like, I'm looking for that magic. I'm looking for that magic. To which he told George Martin, we did that on the fourth take, man. Were you not paying attention? <laughs> we, we captured the magic on the fourth take, you know? And I'm like, that's... You know, talk about awareness. Did he, he, he was looking for it, looking for it, looking for it. Is it possible he was caught up? He was caught up in looking for it, looking forward and not paying attention to the present moment where he missed the magic in that take that everybody in the room seemed to realize it was on the four take that they captured the magic, right? And John Williams talking about, they did, I think they recorded Indiana Jones in, in, in Abbey Road Studios, the, 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 the score for Indiana Jones. And John Williams talking about Abbey Road Studios and, and, the, and he talked about the spirituality of the place. You know, we, we, we just talked about, we just talked about when there's, there's a, a group of people or a place, there's an energy, right? There's an energy, there's a feeling. And so can we connect with that? Can we feel that? And the way John Williams was talking about Abbey Road Studios, he says it's a very spiritual place. The title of the documentary, If These Walls Could Sing. What a beautiful title, right? What a beautiful title to capture the spirit and to capture the, the, the essence of, of being a, a place in which so many incredibly talented artists that have that have connected with their inner spirit to express that through music and then all the technicians there that help fine-tune it all the technicians there that knew were, were experts in their in their in their way of, of of tuning and balancing and adjusting capturing the sound and the beauty and the magic and then making sure that that was consistent 
making sure that that was always a place that no matter when any artist wanted to go there, that, that that's what was happening. How incredible. And to have that be at a place where when um, George Martin was the head of, he was one of the, I want to say Sir Sir Lockwood was like the head of the studio and George Martin was was next in line and they were trying to breed him to, to be take over at some point. And he was engaged with the artist. And there was this one artist that was super popular in the 50s that they were trying to find the next version of him. Can't recall the name. I know he's a sir. He's a he's a he's a knighted royalty in England for his for his benefit to humanity in England. But they were trying to find the next version of him. This pop, you know, who knows pop music. So he finds Mister Mister Epstein, who's managing the Beatles, and gets him to come in. And he listened to their songs and had them come in and play. And he basically told them everything sucked except for except for Love Me Do which he thought was all right. And so they, I think they were, he said they released it. And then, and then they had another session or song and please, please me. And he said, do it faster, do it faster. And then, and then, and then Paul, who as a man, this is a Cooper's Hawk. There's a, a Cooper's Hawk came to, came to visit. He was here earlier. He came back. Um, wow. That was incredible. You know, was that George Martin? I don't know. Maybe saying hello, spiritual cheerleader, saying thanks for telling this story to to people again. But please, please me. And and I think Ringo, they were interviewing Ringo and 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 Paul. And you guys said here they he told you to do it faster, and 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 you told him no, but and but you went and did it anyway, or or your heads was saying no, and then you said yes, and then you found a way to do it. And then he told you that that would be your number one hit, and he was right. And please, please me was your first number one hit. Right. And so and so and then to find out that I didn't even know this, I, but the Beatles recorded their first album in one day, one day, 12 hours. George Martin, you guys, all you were saying, we played everything we knew, everything we knew, you know, twist and shout covers of other of other songs other people did. Right. And that became your first album, which catapulted, catapulted you into the stratosphere. And I'm sure all the art, any, any artists listening to this, they did that in one day. What? <laughs> they did one, recorded an album in one day. And some artists are saying, hell yeah, I can do that in one day. And some are like, man, it takes me months or weeks or days. You know, that's the focus. Talk about focus. Right? Steve Jobs talks about focus. Johnny Ive, you're one of the biggest lessons and takeaways that you remember from when you told them on the stage at, at Talking the Vanity Fair. Don't forget to focus. Make sure we're saying no to things because sometimes we don't want to say no to people. What if we, what if we just focus on, and it's hard to do. We got to answer everybody sometimes. We're, we're so focused on our awareness. We're only, we're only saying yes and choosing things towards what we want as long as we define what we want. And it doesn't, and everything that we want isn't always this big, hairy, audacious goal. Absolutely, we should have those. But sometimes they're stepping stones. And so focus, the focus of that, how incredible. I would record an album in, in, in 12 hours and then it become the worldwide sensation that it became. How incredible. And then letting that be the place where they did uh, Pink Floyd and the opposite of the Get Back album, total opposite of Get Back with the Beatles. Get back. They were so intent on having everything happen in a flow. No overdubs, 
no re-recordings, capture everything with through with one through one shot, right? Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, total opposite of that. Everything was recorded individually, right? Riley, can you do me a favor and pull up the lyrics of Eclipse, which is the last song on Dark Side of the Moon? And can you please read the last two lines of lyrics? And everything under the sun is in tune, but the sun is eclipsed by the moon. Dark Side of the Moon, if we look at the Get Back album as the album of light and of love and, and, and excitement and feeling that energy of trying to get back to, 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 to that positivity and having it be something that was so fluid. And then Dark Side of the Moon, it's basically the same album in terms of the messaging, but the polar opposite. It is the polar opposite. If we look at the lyrics, you know, this, 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 this podcast show is not just about me telling you a bunch of stuff. It's about you getting engaged and starting to think and thinking about things and looking at things and exploring things. And if we look at those lyrics and the feelings that that album in, in, invokes in so many of us, it's still a feeling. It's an album of incredible feeling, but almost like the dark side of those feelings. Almost like the side that we all have, we all have those sides and those and those negative emotions that and that we want there to be, you know, an element of an element of hope in those feelings, and it's and almost like an expression of that, you know, does time, money, you know, chasing paper, all these same concepts are in are in are in that that album. It's incredible, absolutely incredible. If we think about these lyrics of our inner intuition speaking to our outer consciousness of self and vice versa, and then applying some of the concepts to, to circumstances and present moments in our own lives, these are, these are music transcend music. Stevie Wonder has, has a quote, I can't recall the exact words, but I'll paraphrase and, you know, Music has its own expression of feeling, and it's not just Stevie Wonder, Elton John. All these people say say the same thing about music, right? Music is music is an ex, is an expression of our inner of our inner feelings, and it's almost like if if music was a gift that allowed us to connect with an energy that we forgot about, that we've now forgot that we've in our in our current consciousness of of our of our own worlds have forgot about. That if we can feel that feeling and when we're, when we, when we love a song and we're in the feeling, we're in present moments, we're not for, we forgot about time, right? And music does that for so many of us in so many present moments. And you run and you run to catch up with the sun, but it's sinking, racing around to come up behind you again. The sun is the same in a relative way, but you're older, shorter of breath and one day closer to death. I mean, and talk about the sun. We talked about light. Talked about when people say, you know, they're they they have an energy, they're radiant, they're they're they light up the room, right? As electrons go in towards the nucleus, we bring our energy back to us. It emits light. Can't that be correlative? It's all right in front of us. That's the thing too. That's another concept. Is that is that we 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 think of these our dreams have of having to be something way out there of having to be something way beyond our current awareness. At least in my own experience, my dreams were right in front of me. They were literally, and the things that I wanted most, the things I wanted to be doing most were right in front of me. 
I just had to peel away the fog and peel away the 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 cloudiness as as within Michael Beckwith's book, uh, Prosperity, Plenitude, and Infinite Possibilities and an Abundance by Deepak Chopra. They they both talk about similar concepts in those books where our inner energy through our emotions and through our negative emotions that are stored in our body basically build up this cloudiness around our pure intuition and our and our pure energy that's within us and then finding a way to pull peel those away and to realize that most often what we really want to do is is something that we're doing now just in a different nuance and we just need to think about it in a different light and think about it in a different way and some of the activities that we love to do and that's a way we can do it like how do we figure out what it is that we want to do what our dream is well take let's take a moment and look at the Look at the times and the moments in which we actually are having fun, the act- whether it's in business, whether it's personally, right? And then, and then list all those things. So here's, here's all the activities that I do in which I love to do. And I, and I don't think about time. I don't think about anything else. And then continue to refine that, continue to, to, to look and put attention and energy towards that, to refine and refine and refine, right? And to, and to build something out build something out that then becomes so much clearer because we've actually put attention on it and given it energy and given it love and given it intention with an objective of becoming clear, adding clarity. God, so many conversations and so many relationships and so many circumstances in our world are so complicated and they're not clear and there's no clarity. Can we consciously choose to add more clarity to situations more frequently? Can we do that? Can we give ourselves a chance to do that? It would be so much more beneficial for everybody. I can tell you that. <laughs> can we just be clear? I think there's another great lyric from Breathe in the Air from Dark Side, uh, which on the surface is very, it, it sounds a little darker, but I think it, it's it's a very optimistic uh, especially for the Brits, an optimistic lyric. Uh, for long you live and high you fly and smiles you'll give and tears you'll cry and all you touch and all you see is all your life will ever be. All you touch and all you see is all your life will ever be. How can that not be? How can not? How can that not be a more clear, succinct definition of the present moment? That is the present moment. That's what they're talking about, and the the expression of, of musicality and and poetic element that is expressed in music that is so often forgotten that so few of us pay actual attention to. And even when we do, we're just, we're living in the moment, which is great. But can we, can we apply, try and apply that and, and, and remove the, the limiting nouns and limiting, limiting elements of, 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 of saying, oh, this is, this is literally that. And just have it be consciousness and our, our outer self and look at things in that way. It's, it's incredibly, it's what an unlimited perspective to approach and look at things, to try and understand and try and see how things might more closely resonate with us. Wow. And if you take Steve Harvey's advice and you change it from all your life will ever be is to all your life gets to be, like it's... Yes. Thank you, Riley. <laughs> Absolutely. We get to do all of these things. It's hard to get excited about being in the present moment unless it's someplace we want to be. Most times we don't even want to be in this moment. We're having to do something we don't even want to do. And that's okay. I've been there. I'm still there on occasion. Still happens. But it's realizing and having the awareness to trust 
at the decisions that I've made and the choices that I've made are moving me in the direction that I want to go and not allowing when some challenge comes up or some, you know, failure happens that it's not terminal. It's temporary. It's something to be overcome. And the reality is, I'll just say it. If it, if the universe serves it up to you now, and you don't want to deal with it, we don't want to deal with it, that's okay. We can put it in a box over here. But you know what? It's going to come back. It's going to come back. It might not come back tomorrow. It might not come back in front of a year from now, but it'll, it'll make its way around. And we'll have to deal with it at some point. It might actually be in the next lifetime, if we believe in that. If we believe that our spirit is, our, is, 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 is part of it, is an energy. And our spirit is an energy and we can, and if we can believe that our loved ones are an energy that live in our hearts that are celebrated through us, why can't that be us of an energy as our roots, as our origin, as our, as where all of the energy comes from that develops and, and evolves our physical reality and the matter around us. It's all connected. It's the same concept of energy. And so, yes, it's challenging to think about it that way. And it's, and it's different and, you know, it's, but it's, it's, it's worth thinking about. It's worth thinking about that, that, you know, the present moment is all that matters. And then the more aware we are of that, the more conscious we are of that, the more we want to be present, the more we want to give it our energy, the more we want to be engaged, the more we want to be surrounding ourselves with people that and relationships that are supporting us and that are that are that are developing us and even when there's relationships that are not supporting us and we're making choices to either resolve them and and move on from them or making choices to overcome them with those with those people to to make it to what we want because we know it should be more than that and they do too and if not that's okay we can we can just drift away into something that's into, into, into relationships that, that just are more supportive of what it is that we've defined that we want in our life. In every present moment, we have 50,000 waking seconds in every present and every day. If we sleep eight hours a day, <laughs> we're awake for 14 hours, 50,000 present, 50,000 seconds, right? How many opportunities of choice do we have to make? Wow. And talk about making choices and talk about stepping stones and talking about not being happy in a place and then making choices to do what you want to do. Elton John, Elton John, also in, in If These Walls Could Sing, the Abbey Road documentary on, on, on Disney Plus. Elton John, he was doing something. I can't remember if he was in a band or maybe it was a band that wasn't, wasn't everything that he wanted it to be. And he says, oh, I want to write songs. I want to be a songwriter. And so we made choices to get into, to find his way to get into Abbey Road Studios in which he was a songwriter and he was a contributing songwriter. He, was, he said he was making 15 quid a week, right? He's making 15 quid a week. And then, and then on one occasion, he got the opportunity to play the piano. And for those of us that know rock history, there was a song that came out called uh, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. And Elton John played the piano in that song as a session musician and that was the first time he was on he was on a, he was on an album and he continued to show up he continued to to make choices towards something was he in an environment in which you know that was a higher possibility absolutely 
but he made choices to put himself there. And he, he even said, he's like, I had no ambition of being like Elton John, singer, songwriter, all this. He had no thoughts of that. He was choosing what was what was what he thought was a a, a a reasonable step in the direction towards what he wanted to be doing in his life. Incredible. Thank you, Elton John, for that example. Thank you. And then ultimately that snowballed and snowballed. And then he tells the story of when he was in there in the Abbey Road studios with 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 I think the band that that whatever. And who walks in the door? Paul McCartney. And he says that's the most famous person he ever seen at that point in his life. Right? He's like, what? This is incredible. And then someone from the band asks Paul McCartney to play Hey Jude. And then he did it. He got on the piano and played Hey Jude when it came out. And he got to witness that. And then he got to express to Mary what an impact that had on his life. And that was before we even knew who Elton John was. To allow that to be something that made such an impression on him, his life, could it be possible that that impression that, that was impressed upon him by, by, by you, Paul, playing Hey Jude, off the cuff, right when it was out and it was famous and it was like, and the, and the feel that and to have that be something that he recalled so vividly, 50 years, whatever, how many years later? 50 plus years later, right? Was that potentially a seed that was planted in Elton John, in you, Elton? <laughs> to then say, man, that inspired me, that the energy, I want to do, and then I want to do that. And then, for, and then to continue to make choices to build and build and build and build until you, Elton, got to be who you became. And, in, and having the billions of present moments that you've inspired. Thank you, Elton John. The billions of present moments that you've, of joy that you've inspired as you gave that same gratitude to Paul McCartney, where you said basically that same thing, all of the moments of, of joy that, that your father, as he was telling you, Mary, that Paul, you've inspired among generations of people, the joyous present moments through song and through, through, through stories of your life. How incredible. <sighs> And, and that story in and of itself of Elton John is, is very much every one of us. We It doesn't need to be this big, massive dream. It could become that, and hopefully it does become that, or maybe it doesn't, and that's okay. Whatever it becomes, it's our dream. It's what we want. It's something that we've chosen to define for ourselves, something that we've chosen, that we want, that we're making choices toward in every present moment to get toward and then trusting that everything is going to work out. Everything is moving in the direction where we have the momentum. We have the wind in our sails moving us toward what we want. You know, even when the wind blew out, bent the sails of Benjamin Franklin's boat when he was leaving Boston with nothing in his pocket, but a dollar and a, and, and a copper shilling, the wind blew out of his sails and landed, crash landed on, on Long Island. He didn't say, oh, this sucks. It's a failure. I wanted to go home. Actually, yes, he did. He said he was questioning. I, why did I do this? But he kept moving forward. He didn't know what he wanted. He knew he wanted to be a printer. That was the first thing he wanted to do. He didn't realize he'd be a statesman that was going to be part of the independence of a nation. He didn't think about that. 
He thought about what he could do now. What was, what, what was actionable now? What's actionable now in our lives? What's the closest thing in our lives if we do have a big dream or a big goal? That's what Dion said. That's what Dion Sanders said. If you think your dream is big, it's probably not big enough. You need to think bigger, dream bigger. But you know what? We also got to dial that down and bring that back to our own world to say, what's realistic now? What's an element of that now that we can make a choice towards? What's something we can go into? If, if it's a profession, if it's a, if it's a hobby, if it's a, if it's, if it's something that we enjoy to do that we, that we express, right? Can we make those choices? Can we set those progressive, you know, Goals, you know, there's there's people that say, well, goals are limiting because then you get there and you're saying, oh, well, success is the goal and that's in the future. And wait, you're telling you're telling us here to not not look at success as a destination. Absolutely spot on, spot on. But you know what? Every moment, if we're honest with ourselves, if we want to get a, get to a place in which we're in the present moment, always we need to be building momentum towards something, right? And that's something is the appreciation of the present moment and realizing that this right now is contributing towards something that I want. And I am so grateful for the present moment and so grateful for this engaging energy and this engaging moment that I have with this person or this thing or nature or whatever it is. And so goals are a reference point of something that will help us start to appreciate those small things, help us start to appreciate those moments in which we're building towards something. And they could be small, small, small goals. And they could be small, small, small things that we, that, but some of all small parts, some of all small decisions develop these massive ideas and these massive things within our worlds, within our society. But can we simplify that? Steve Jobs, thank you, Steve Jobs. The way you described Apple's soul, Apple's spirit, Apple's soul and Apple's spirit was taking the sophistication of technology and simplifying it for mere mortals so that we can engage with it and have and and have an easy experience where we're not having to think about technology and we're just engaging with the engaging with the product engaging with the the solution that was to bridge that sophistication that made that thing possible to then change our worlds right? How incredible. Simplify, simplify, simplify. Paul McCartney, you said that same thing in the sessions at Get Back, where you said, let's add sophistication where it matters, where we think it should be made sophisticated if we're trying to, if if we have a specific intention that we're trying to convey. Let's make it sophisticated then. But before that, simplify, simplify, simplify. And how do we do that? We do that by looking at bodies of work that we've created. We do that by looking at things that we've built or things that we've said. And then we say, how do we edit this? How do we take things away? How do we make the same point or the same intention with fewer words? How do we convey the same concept with less, right? How do we do that? How do we do that, right? Einstein says he rarely, never, or rarely, he says, never or rarely ever thinks in words. Why? Because they're so limiting. He thinks in concepts and in feelings. And I do this. I mean, you know, I think we all do the same thing. If we're honest, we're thinking about, oh, do I think in words? No, we think about things and events and people and feelings and that type of stuff. We don't think in words. Words just become an expression for how we communicate, but it's so limiting, so limiting. 
And so how can we be more aware of that? How can we simplify our lives? How can we simplify our expressions of our work? Be more clear as the wind blows. And I'm sure is adding some feedback that we're like, whoa, what are you doing? Why are you outside? Because it's beautiful. That's why we're outside. More context. Could I be inside? And you see my closet doors in the background? Sure. But who wants to do that? We're all on Zoom calls. Right, Riley? <laughs> So I look at Riley's closet doors. Ironically, beautiful closet doors, by the way. But who wants to see that on a podcast that's podcast show that's so engaging with enthusiasm? Enthusiasm. We want to be in nature. That's a beautiful, beautiful bunting flies by. We want to be in nature. Why not? Blue skies are supposed to be pouring rain today. Thank you, Grandma, for all the bits of sunshine on every stop of your funeral day in which they said it was going to be torrential downpours and it was sunshine every time. Thank you. Everybody was worried. I wasn't. Your grandson knew. Your grandson trusted in you. You know, I'm like, Grandma's got this covered. Don't worry about that. But no, 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 it's going to rain. I don't care. You say what you want to say. Grandma's got this covered. And you did. You did. You made it happen. I think I found a good quote that might help us wrap this episode up from roger waters about dark side of the moon what is it riley he said this is from the book uh pink floyd bricks in the wall he said about the album dark side of the moon i don't see it as a riddle the album uses the sun and the moon as symbols the light and the dark the good and the bad the life force as opposed to the death force i think it's a very simple statement saying that all the good things life can offer that are there for us to grasp but the influence of some dark force in our natures prevent us from seizing them the song addresses the listener and says that if you, the listener, are affected by that force, if that force is a worry to you, well, I feel the exact same way too. The line, I'll see you on the dark side of the moon, is me speaking to the listener saying, I know you have these bad feelings and impulses because I do too. And one of the ways I can make direct contact with you is to share the fact that I feel the same, uh, I, is that I feel bad sometimes. Now, what's interesting is after those lines, is the outro where they they interviewed a bunch of people with asking them questions on the cards. And one of the questions was, what is the dark side of the moon? And the answer that they use at the end of this during the outro, uh, they clip it a bit, but to the full answer that the, the person said is there is no dark side of the moon, really. Matter of fact, it's all dark. The only thing that makes it look like it is, is the sun. And that's us choosing the light. And that's the, that's the thing is we have to choose that. And it's in our nature. I didn't even know he said that. That's, thank you, Roger Waters. <laughs> thank you for, for conveying it so clearly. Right? Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. Incredible. And it's all feeling. You know, can we get good at communicating with feelings? The last line was provided by Jerry O'Driscoll, a doorman at Abbey Road Studios. See how it's all pulling together? Man, how did that even happen? This was not planned. Riley had no idea I was even going to talk about Dark Side of the Moon today. And here we are. He pulls up a random article, reads a thing, and then on the bottom says, you know, doorman from Abbey Road Studios. Just like our good friend Bob Proctor had me randomly pull to the innovation page and Think Difference on the bottom page. And we had, it was an amazingly perfect segue to the Think Different ad in the 90s that where Apple helped bring back the soul to Apple. Uh, Steve Jobs helped bring the soul back to Apple. And think different. And that's what we're here to do. And he says, too, with everything Apple does, it's to invoke an emotion. It's to invoke a feeling. 
We we connect and we we communicate with feelings, but so many of us have forgotten that that all we do is look at the words and we get blinded by the words. We get so so focused on the words and and reading into them and and allowing the words to be something that we interpret in a way that is almost always not even close to the way the, that the sender intended on sending them. Da Vinci says that the biggest deception of man is his own opinions. The biggest deception of our worlds is our own opinions most often. And deception is something in which it tries to con- it's trying to convey something that's simply untrue. Simply untrue. And if we're honest with ourselves, most of the time when we're thinking about the thousand scenarios that we can come up with as to what this person said or what was communicated or our own interpretation and getting all caught up in, in what we think something is, our opinion, deceiving us because it came from us and it's our thought. And so all of a sudden we gravitate towards it and we just start building and thinking about all the negative things. Usually it's the first thing we do, but it's a deception. If we looked at sometimes these negative opinions and negative thoughts as a deception. And if we were, oh, beautiful. Oh, butterfly. God, did you see that butterfly just flutter right over? Did you see that? If you didn't, uh, maybe you'll come back. But oh my God, beautiful black and yellow butterfly. And, you know, having these things, these our opinions be these things that deceive us. These things that send us into struggle, send us into anxiety, send us into stress. And then what happens? We, we spend, you know, days or hours or days or weeks sometimes thinking about what we think is the thing. And then we talk to the person and it, we totally forget. And it's some way different thing that was so much better than what we thought or different than the nonsense that we were thinking and giving it and the attention that we were giving it, the energy that we were giving our negative opinions. It's like I've said, we've had to say before, oh my God, the baby Cardi is here. Newsflash, Mr. and Mrs. Cardi have had a baby. Don't know if it's a male or female yet. Black beak and, and still brown feathers. We'll know in the fall if it turns red, if it's a he or a she. But he's jumping around and that was him chirping. Anyways. But yeah, deception. Our opinions deceive us. And we allow that first to admit. Let it happen. It's happened. It still happens. But can we can we be disciplined enough? And then I say the word discipline and everybody's like, oh, that's too hard. I don't want to do that. You're telling me to do something. I don't want to discipline. Nobody wants to be disciplined. So forget the word discipline. Forget the word discipline. Forget I even said the word discipline, even though I just said it 10 times. Because what happens is, is we say these words and then they get thought of, caught up in our thoughts and then they're, think, then they're like invoking us to have to do something. We have to do this. We have to be disciplined. No, just let it be part of our natural course of being. When we're in the present moment where we're not thinking about having to be disciplined. We're just choosing to be disciplined. And it's not something we're having to think about. It's something that we've accepted as our, as truth, something that we've accepted for truth within ourselves, something that, you know, and going back to trying to understand things, if we take moments and we put, and we're taking time to put energy towards something, whether it's something we're reading or, or something or a book we're reading or an article or, or, you know, documentary or even a show that we're having fun with or a song or whatever. If we take time to understand and it becomes truth, you know, and, and, you know, I'm sure some of you are like, this is guy, is this scripts? Are there cue cards? This guy reading, this guy's way too fluid to have it be something that's natural. This is all natural. 
I'm not, there's no script. Are there points sometimes where I make and I, we talk about it before the show. These are the points I want to touch on for sure sometimes, but sometimes not. But you know what? You know why I feel that that's able to happen so naturally is because, it's because I've, I've, I've taken, I've, I've chosen to try to understand these concepts. I've chosen to understand the intention of these quotes, the intention of, of the wisdom that's tried to be imparted upon us by our collective consciousness of all of the energy that is, of all of these wise people that are contributing to my present moment right now, our present moment right now. And so if we can recall these moments of, of, of wisdom from Aristotle and from Plato and from, from Marcus Aurelius and from Oprah and from uh, Einstein and from Da Vinci and from Michelangelo and from all these inspirational people, plus the people that we love in our own lives and our family that are physically here with us, and also the famous inspirations among us now, you know, Oprah and all these people of, you know, Kobe Bryant and, you know, Bryce Young, all these people that, 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 you know, whether they're athletes or whether they're, you know, teachers in our lives that have inspired us or our family members or loved ones and friends that have inspired us through, through incredible moments of selflessness and love and joy and fun and inspiration. What we're, what, what is in our awareness now is, 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 is developing our consciousness, is developing our, 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 our being, right? And so how do, what are we feeding? What are we feeding that? What are we, what are we feeding that? What moments are we remembering? What, what's, what are we allowing to flow into our awareness as to how our present moments are now? Can we be aware of that? Can we have focus towards that for just a moment? Can we potentially try to engineer as Mark Rober tries to engineer, you know, help, help young kids be inspired about engineering and building things? Amazing. But can we apply those same concepts to engineer our awareness, engineer our focus, engineer where our energy is going and be aware and intentional about that? I was not that. I hadn't done that. I hadn't thought about that. But consistently coming into a place of, 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 of realizing the value of the present moment where all potentials exist. What? <laughs> all potentials. I need to be asking myself, self, what are you, what am I thinking about now? What do I want to be? How do I be now? How do I be now? And that starts with the words we say. That starts with the feelings we have. Anything that, any, any, any sequence of words that we say after I am or I or we defines who we are. As I said, the universe only knows one answer and that's yes. That is yes. As Bruce Lipton says, the universe knows one answer, and that is yes. It says yes, absolutely. Why wouldn't it be that simple? Of course, it needs to be that simple. If everything is so perfect and perfection is the baseline, which why can't it be? The answer is yes. And so whether we give it good or we give it bad, it gives, us, it, gives it back to us. But can we be conscious of our awareness? Can we be conscious of our thoughts and our feelings and the words that we say after I am? You know, if we say if we say we're angry, we're going to be angry. If we say we're stressed, we're going to be stressed. And it's okay to say those things, but it's also an opportunity to realize that when we say those things, it doesn't have to be that way. I'm going to be, you know, my grandma just passed away last week. I'm going to be grieving. I'm going to be sad. I chose not to say that. No, I chose to say I am celebrating my grandma 
and her inspirations and every moment that I remember and every great moment and every moment of struggle in which she inspired me and every moment of that as the wind as the wind blows and the energy wind wind is energy wind is energy energy is here the energy is here and so can we be present can we be here can we be aware of those things